Hello everyone, I'm Mark, the chief writer here at Maltopia, and I just wanted to remind you the sleep-wake cycle is but one of a series of interconnected horror podcasts within the wide and weird world of Maltopia. For Easter eggs, crossover events, and additional lore, please check out our other series, The Shepherd of Wolves, Red Mother, Grimland, and The Damnation Machine. And be sure to check out our free content on our Patreon page for additional lore and stories. For even more Maltopia content, consider becoming a patron. Starting for as little as $2 a month, benefits range from additional art, update videos, early episode access, our mini-podcast series, October's Children, both written and full audio pieces, such as The Lost Library, Tales of Maltopia, and The Weird Book. You can also gain access to our found footage show, The Weird Tape Series, and even our Patreon-exclusive, fully-produced audio series, Devil's Clay. So, with all that said, I will leave you to the darkness. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. 
That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. It had been a while since I could recover a bit of my normal routine, finding a place in the dark to sort through my thoughts, maybe even try my hand at some poetry. The little cafe across the street from the hotel was just what the doctor ordered. Plus, I didn't want to wander too far from the hotel, but from where I was sitting, I could see the westward window of Romy's room just fine. I ordered a slice of pie and an ice-cold glass of milk. Midnight snack of champions. I also brought a notebook to jot down some of the stuff I wanted to reflect on, though I preferred just to sit and take in the sights. The last time we were here, we rented a place and had to lay low, which was a shame, really. Hollowick was host to the second biggest population of Heckens next to Autumn City herself. The place was as sharp a break with banality as they came. Every house looked haunted, the infrastructure was deliberately left to crumble, and everything was overgrown. Jack-o'-lanterns, scarecrows, and grinning skulls lined the crooked boulevards as far as the eye could see. And unlike Nighthead, the people of Hallowick were as warm and friendly as an autumn campfire. With the lights nice and low and not a lot of people around, I allowed myself to tick fairly freely. My uh, gift from the dead mother had completely worn off, and it was back to business as usual. Apart from the horrible squelching sound my eyes made when I squeezed them, there were the weird faces I was obliged to make, to get my eyes to sound off in the most satisfying way, the air pockets manipulated just so. I had to admit it was nice while it lasted, not having to turn my face away from whomever might be around, spending hours trying to arrive at the perfect combination of eye sound and sensation. 
I'd also gotten a break from obsessing, which was a far better vacation than even not having to tick. My mind had become, however briefly, a straight shot. Thoughts marching out in a line, not looping back upon themselves, breaking ranks and running off in a million different directions. I was able to act without double, triple, quadruple thinking anything. And while I knew the stakes were higher than they'd ever been before, I didn't have the additional specter of constant disaster attached to each and every one of my thoughts and actions. There was a quiet, a uh, peace I'd never known before. I couldn't help but wonder that uh, if my gift could grow like it had, if my disorders would shrink in proportion. There was even a part of me that didn't want to see them all go. Sure, my ticks and rituals were for the birds, but I liked some of the noise in my head, the advantages an overactive mind could afford, had afforded in I don't know how many instances. Who knows, maybe I'd come to miss them after all. I still had no idea what to make of the dead mother, if in fact she was real at all. I'd never conked out before. Maybe, uh, maybe she was a dream. My first one. Now, granted, my temporary power boost and tick and ritual reprieve seemed to hint at her reality, but they might have just as easily been the product of my quasi-dirt nap. My gut said she was real, though. It was hard to argue with my gut, which is why I seldom did. But even if she was real, I had no idea what to do about it. And then there was the whole sending people I offed to the white woods to be made into mechanical doll things. It was bad enough I already had a guilty conscience over the whole thing. Killing people, that is. But sending them off to be whatever was done to them brought things to a totally different level. I needed Romy's input, but it wasn't going to be easy. I could tell she was already turning things over in her head about some of the shit I'd done. If she thought I was somehow connected to, uh, whatever the dead mother might turn out to be, and that my guns damned whatever they took down, well, there was no telling how she'd react. <laughs> yeah, on second thought, maybe talking to my sister wasn't such a great idea after all. It was past midnight when a couple of kids dressed like monsters, a banshee and werewolf respectively, skipped past my outdoor table, laughter turning cartwheels in the nighttime air, the banshee's silken cloak billowing atop the cool breeze. The streets were as safe as they were crooked in Hallowick. It was living proof of life after darkness, how people could adapt to the worst changes, and, uh, not wind up assholes. I couldn't stop thinking about my conversation with Romy. It was hard to believe she wanted to stay with the job. Given what I knew about my twin sister, I, I had no choice but to put it together like this. She hated unpredictability, even if that meant walking the well-worn path straight to hell. The way was labeled, after all. Abandon hope, all ye who enter here. Maybe she thought it couldn't get any worse after Marrow's, but she was too smart for that. It had to have something to do with us, how she figured it would play out if we, the 
last of the Strouds were to make for the exits. What else could it be? She sure as hell wasn't afraid of the esoterium. <laughs> I mean, she takes her meals inside other people's nightmares, for Christ's sake. I suppose it could have been just what she said, that we were doing some good, saving lives. Oh, man, I wish I could share her sentiment. Give a damn. But I'm afraid that ship sailed a long time ago. It's just me and Romy in the life raft now. All the world could go to hell in a handbag for all I cared. Although, I had to admit, knowing we saved a shit ton of folks made me feel better about the ones I might have failed. Not sure it works that way, though. The moral calculus of having saved more people than I let die. But that was the other thing. Did I really let them die? That's the problem with obsessive compulsives like me. We don't know if we meant to do something the moment after we've done it. We're so inclined to think we somehow brought everything on ourselves that our recollection of events becomes hazy, though generally favoring the worst-case scenario. I remember having goings in my sights. That much I'm sure of. But <laughs> not much else. Half of me thinks I deliberately held the shot to keep the chase going, the other half believes that I didn't want to risk bystanders. Yeah, jeez. I really don't have a clue. Save that I think I want to believe that I didn't let him go, specifically because I did. <laughs> yeah, that makes a lot of sense, it does. Speaking of not making sense, I couldn't help but linger on something uh, our handler mentioned. The white wigs. They were the whole reason regression hypnotherapy was outlawed. Anyone who tried to remember the great darkness ran stark, raving mad, their hair turning snow white. And yet, I could remember the whole thing clear as day. Now, granted, I was about 15 at the time, so maybe the memories have gotten a bit rough around the edges, but they're still there, still as bizarre as ever. That long year of wandering empty places, arriving, it seemed, just seconds after a crowd of persons had moved on their echoes still playing in the vacuum of a hasty departure. During all that time, I never ate, drank, <laughs> never even went to the bathroom. It was like all the tedious necessities had been removed. Only the wanderlust, curiosity, and fear remained. Of all the things I saw during that time, the most bizarre and most beautiful was that field I'd come upon. Millions of rickety chairs all set out in a wind-blown field, facing away from the sinking sun, steeping in twilight. One of the few times I remember seeing the sun, in fact. As usual, the sound of a vast crowd was just dying away at the edge of my hearing. This time it was their fading applause that sank into the setting silence and sun. I took a seat, wondering at what they'd watched, what spectacle warranted all the applause. After it had gotten good and dark, I heard the approach of a storm, the warm breeze tinged with the scent of rain. But it was only the storm's sound and fury that showed up, the wind picking up, yet it remained warm for the fact, comfortable. The lightning and thunder crashed and rolled in the distance, more so than any storm I'd seen before or since. That alone was worth the price of admission, but it was only the beginning. 
Silhouetted, exalted, by the blazing arcs of lightning were shapes. Shapes so strange and enormous that I could feel my mind straining to take it all in. They might have been planets, or even living things, or both. Gliding, tumbling, caterwauling down from above. The sky bursting at the seams. The sounds they made were what I imagined galaxies sounded like when they sang. It was overwhelming. When it was all over, I... (laughs) I cried. Because it was all over. I didn't think it was possible to see such a thing twice. And there I was. All of 15. Most of my life ahead of me. And the greatest sight ever to be seen was already gone. The magic of my youth used up in a single night. Jesus, I wish I could sleep, dream if only to see it all again, or whatever portion my brain managed to tuck away for later. But, in hindsight, I guess I got off light. I got to see the sights of a lifetime all while staying sane, and (laughs) keeping my original hair color. I was about to see if the place offered milkshakes when a guy in a cloak sat down across from me drilling me with his eyes. I'm guessing he wanted me to be surprised, flinch, ask who he was at minimum. After making sure my briefcase was right where it should have been, I flagged the waiter and asked about that milkshake. But I didn't want to be rude to my beaming guest. You want one? I can't vouch for him, but uh, milkshakes are hard to mess up. The guy just glared at the waiter and waved him off. All right, if you got something to say, say it. Otherwise, get lost. You're blocking my view. Casually, he slid his cloak aside and pulled out an old leather satchel. I had a thing about nice bags, especially messenger bags. Something about the way they bristled and creaked when they were all fat with notebooks and whatnot. In my ceaseless quest to keep busy, I'd taken up journaling, even bought myself a calligraphy set to write with. I developed an obsession for certain sounds and textures when I was a kid. Paper rustling was high on the list, right next to gravel crunching under car tires. It was a pretty harmless obsession, and one I liked to indulge whenever I could. I was told to make sure you got this. It's more for your sister than for you. I guess she's the brains of the family, yeah? What can I say? She had a full scholarship. But I didn't exactly miss the boat. I learned a valuable trade. I patted my briefcase and smiled as my milkshake was set between us. The zipper glided across the bag, the soft leather parting to reveal the object inside. A big leather-bound book. It smelled old, the years clinging to it as surely as its leather binding. So, uh, who do I have to thank for the book? Your brother. He said your sister would find it useful. Great. Not only did I have a demonic candy clown for a brother, but he had friends. 
friends who knew where to find us. You don't say. Well, ain't that big of him. He seems likable enough. Always chipper. (laughs) There was something off about the guy. His skin looked too smooth. Not so much as a wrinkle on the hand he'd used to produce the book. All shiny and seamless. I couldn't see too much of his face. The cloak's hood made a ghost out of it. But not his eyes. Those I could see just fine. Beady. Almost pitted. We done? We're done. Before he left, I nodded to the milkshake. You sure you won't have some? Looks good. It's strawberry. I could feel his smile twice as much as I could see it. Cold. Lethal. (laughs) I never drink milkshakes. (laughs) I looked over to where the guy was seated after he'd gone out of sight. The chair was covered in thick clots of webbing, along with hundreds of spiders. dear brother must have some good connections for sure, because it's not every day someone drops off an original copy of the Book of Lost Children. The guy, or whatever he might have been, said you specifically would find it useful. Well, apart from some very basic stuff, I really can't say I know much about it. But I'm sure things will shape up after I've given it a good once-over. For starters, though, it supposedly names the infants who went missing during the Great Darkness, which is significant because the book was carbon dated to be hundreds of years old, well before the Great Darkness. Then there's the fact that all the copies were found in various libraries of lost books, buildings or obscurum found all over the world, every one of them filled with books written by people for whom no records exist, and about topics incommensurate with our understanding of the world. Unless I'm missing something, uh, why couldn't they have all been works of fiction? Because a good number of them, the more recent ones, had photographs. I remember hearing that one of the books was all about the history of a country called Gathgart. The thing went into meticulous detail about its respective leaders, major crops, holidays, basically everything you'd expect to find in any properly written history book. Of course, the big hitch was that there is no country called Gathgart, and naturally there were a ton of photos, milling crowds of Gathgardians, massive cities, landscapes, monuments, technologies. All of them, as far as anyone could tell, were not of this earth. Well, that's about par for the course, as far as obscurum go, I mean. And that book's just a list of names, of all the babies that were lost to the darkness. Pretty much, but... uh, Wait. (laughs) Wait just a minute. I knew that book looked familiar when I first saw it. Isaiah, it's the book from my dream read in Nighthead, when I was working the crowd at Scrim's lecture. I couldn't make it out clearly before, but now, having it sitting right in front of me, I'm positive this is the book. And it makes perfect sense now. 
I was looking to place the words I fished out of Scrim's memories. We have been returned from the darkness with purpose, to show you all the way back, to bring about a new and everlasting darkness. We who wear the crowns of many heads, we who will make the nations above as we have below the world, you have merely to hate the light and listen. We who have been returned from darkness, the babies that went missing during the great darkness, right? That's what I'm thinking. And I'm betting one of the babies mentioned in the Book of Lost Children was probably from Marrow's, or maybe just in the vicinity of a serpent line. I mean, it would make sense. The powers of the other side would be better enabled to snatch people the closer they were to a serpent line. Hold up. If you're right, that means... Jesus, that means Nychrist was just the tip of the iceberg. That book is filled with names, Romy. <sighs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's a selective process, you know, like a marathon. Thousands play, but only one wins. If that were the case, the old candy clown wouldn't have bothered telling us about it. It'd be done and over with. And now that I think of it, why would he drop this bomb only after we made our report to the higher-ups? Looks like he wants us to keep it under our hats. But why not just tell us all of this? Why go to the trouble of having the book delivered? <laughs> I don't get it. Me neither. But we ought to keep all this to ourselves for the time being. It's never a good idea to let on you know more than you're supposed to. The rain was pounding the streets when we left to grab some breakfast, but that didn't stop the parade of heckins that cartwheeled and hopped and skipped down the street. They were all dressed, as was common, in all manner of Halloween regalia, monsters of every stripe. Parades were all over in Hallowick, breaking out whenever and wherever the people got a hankering, and they all loved a good thunderstorm. The storms seemed to like them too, at least enough not to blast anyone with the occasional lightning bolt. Not once since the rain parades began has a single hollow wicken ever been struck. The somersaulting, rolling crowds were only too happy to admit our passage through their lines, especially for Romy. She always dressed in dark and billowing cloaks, her high collars and hoods forever casting her face into question. She easily passed for a local. Huh. The Pumpkin Patch Diner. Sounds like as good a place as any for breakfast, even if you have to be awake to eat it. Ha ha. You shouldn't knock what you've never had. My dream meals generally consist of endless buffets of whatever I want to eat. As much as I want to eat, all free, just for me. Yeah, I gotta admit, that does sound like a dream diet. But if this place serves French toast, well, I'll be in my glory. To admit, this place, the city, I mean, is as nice as I've seen things get. Just the ride through town to get to the cathedral was picturesque. Something out of a storybook. 
I take it you've never been to Wadham City, then? It's, uh, Hollowick times three up there. <laughs> yeah, no thanks. I heard a little something about what goes on up there when I was at the lab. What's supposed to have been discovered in the September woods. <laughs> I think the term murder god got used a couple of times if I don't miss my guess. And then there's that Jack Lantern, the exopath. I'm actually surprised they didn't send you after him. The Salamander may have had the most victims, but that Jack character is definitely the spookiest of the bunch, if you ask me. All that human jack-o'-lantern business. Funny you should bring him up. I was going to be part of a team to go after him. This was uh, before I graduated to solo work, mind you. When I was doing my time on hit squads and whatnot. You remember Paris, my uh, buddy from Jericho, the one Mr. Sugar, uh... Uh, yeah, I remember. Go on. Well, he was on that squad with me, and that's why he went rogue. Didn't want anything to do with good old Jack. Of course, that might have had something to do with the fact that the uh, last squad got sent in, alongside a fairly decorated hunter out of night hand, no less. They all got sent back missing everything below the neck, sporting carved grins all lit up with little orange candles. My outfit was about ready to get shipped out there, to Autumn City, when the mission got axed for some reason. <laughs> I gotta say I wasn't too broken up about it either. Oh, wait, here comes the food. Here we are. One large order of French toast with a large milk. And one cup of black coffee. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Damn, now that looks good. You, uh, you sure you're not hungry? No, I'm good, so long as I've got my coffee. Um, Isaiah, there's something I should have told you about a while ago, but I, I just didn't know how to go about it. Something that happened to me in New Vic. As I sat the fork down to give Romy my full attention, I noticed something that caught me off guard. The shadows of the room began running in the same direction, like tar in a bucket that had been lifted from only one side. What the hell is going on? What happened to the lights? Oh, Jesus, it feels like it just dropped 20 degrees in here. It feels just like... Oh, damn it! Why didn't I think of this? The bright black. It knows all about us. Specifically, it knows about the apartment we rented here in the city. Oh, it's come looking for us. To get even. Just as we stood up, I could hear footfalls coming closer in the darkness. Heavy ones. Just like the big eel hybrid goons that Scrim sicked on us back in Nighthead. But we weren't in Nighthead anymore. Let alone Marrows. And Nykrist and the Bolgia were kaput. This was our fight to lose. Well, sis, it looks like the bright black is still our problem. At least for the next couple minutes. The Sleep-Wake Cycle is a Maltopia production. Today's episode was written by Mark Anzalone and performed by Kelly Bear and Mark Anzalone. The episode was edited by Walker Kornfeld. Sound production and editing was performed by Stephen Anzalone, 
check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Maltopia. That's M-A-E-L-T-O-P-I-A. And if you'd like to know more about the world of the sleep-wake cycle and contribute to its nightmarish expansion, visit us at www.patreon.com forward slash Maltopia, where you can gain access to all sorts of art, mythology, stories, and more. For more information about the sleep-wake cycle and the larger world of Maltopia, head over to Maltopia.com. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.